Who Killed Nelson Nutmeg? Written and read by Danny Stack. Chapter 25. Nincompoop Weirdo. Swindon was hiding out in a child's playhouse which was situated near the playground. He was convinced the aliens and FBI were coming to get him. To protect himself, he had wrapped tinfoil around his hat so that no one could corrupt his mind with alien signals. Not the mothership again, he muttered. Outside the playhouse, a young girl skipped along happily holding a red balloon. Swindon's mutterings caught her attention. She stopped, released the red balloon and stared into the playhouse's window. Hello, she said, intrigued by the sight of this older boy in a child's playhouse. She decided to join him. This is only for kids, you know, she said as she sat down. Shh, don't talk, said Swindon. They can hear us. They can hear everything. You're weird, said the young girl. You kids don't realise. The young girl took pity on Swindon. What you need is a nice cup of tea, she said, and turned her attention to a little tea set that was beside her in the playhouse. One for me, she said, as she started to pour an imaginary cup of tea. One for this weird boy who's in my little house. She handed Swindon his cup. He stared at it blankly. Don't forget to stir, said the young girl. But there's nothing there, replied Swindon. There's nothing there, you insane girl. The young girl frowned. It's called imagination, she said. You pretend something is there, but it isn't. This caught Swindon's attention and made him think. The young girl decided to share a story with Swindon. When I was little, I had an imaginary friend called Pumpkin. We went everywhere together and had lots of adventures. And do you know what happened? Swindon shook his head. I grew up. I didn't need to make up crazy stories, you nincompoop weirdo. Now go on, get out. Bon voyage. The young girl frightened Swindon with her sudden change of mood. Maybe she was even crazier than he was. Get out, I said, the young girl ordered. And Swindon didn't need to be told again. But her words rattled around in his head. There was an element of truth to what she said, but he didn't know exactly what. Yet. Swindon crawled out of the playhouse and took off his tinfoil-covered hat. He was thinking about what the young girl had just said. He walked off, starting to feel slightly foolish. Swindon got as far as the beach. He sat down and gazed out to sea. Everything the young girl had said was now beginning to make sense to him, or at least make sense to him in a way she'd never intended. He realised that he needed to grow up and forget about his conspiracy theories. Aliens, FBI, CIA. It all sounded ridiculous now he thought about it. He sat peacefully on the beach for a few moments, enjoying his new sense of perspective. From behind the caravans, a strange sound interrupted his thoughts. Uh, It was the noise he associated with the alien's UFO. He stood up and went to track down the source of the sound. Uh, 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 uh. The sound was closer now. Swindon edged along the path, ducking out of sight so as not to look like a crazy conspiracy theorist. He peered over a bush and finally located the source of the sound. It was the small garden windmill, just like Billy had said it was. Swindon shook his head ruefully. What a nincompoop weirdo he had been. Well, he wasn't going to act like a child again. It was time for him to grow up. He returned to his caravan and immediately started to wipe his crazy conspiracy theory off his blackboard. 
Where's your sister? asked his dad. Dinner's ready. Swindon had completely forgotten about leaving Billy at Cyclops's caravan. Billy, he whispered, hoping she was okay. He didn't delay. He headed straight towards Cyclops's caravan, determined to help. Chapter 26. No team in Nutmeg. Billy and the Colonel were hiding out by the creek, trying out to figure out their next move. The Colonel was more excited than Billy as she made marks on the ground, indicating how they would break into head office. Billy was thinking about the disappearance of Shiv and Woody. Nothing was going according to plan. So we break into Diane's office here, said the Colonel, pointing to her map on the ground. Shouldn't we wait for the others? asked Billy. They're only slowing us down. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I thought you said this was my mission, said Billy. It was, replied the Colonel. It is. Whatever. She was in the zone now. She didn't care whose mission it was. She just knew it was time to stop messing about and start doing things her way. So what we do is, she continued. I don't like this, Billy said. But this was all your idea, the Colonel retorted. Billy was thinking about everything that had happened. Maybe they were in over their heads. After all, without proof, they were just a bunch of kids with a stupid story, according to Cyclops. Where's Woody? she asked. Do you think Diane got to him like she did with Shiv? The Colonel stopped and made a sudden gesture for Billy to listen, as if she heard something or someone. Shh, she said. What is it? Billy whispered. Nothing. I just wanted you to shish, replied the Colonel. This made Billy angry, but the Colonel was too focused on her plan to notice. Right, listen up, she continued. No, you listen, said Billy. I'm still in charge, and I say we wait for Woody and Swindon. Why? Because we need them. You need them, said the Colonel, as she packed various provisions and equipment in her old emergency backpack. There's no I in team, and there's no team in nutmeg. But there is a you and me, said the colonel. Billy tried to follow the logic, but couldn't work out what the colonel was getting at. Nelson expects every man to do his duty, said the colonel, as if everything made perfect sense. What about no squirrel gets left behind, asked Billy. The colonel stood up, ready to go. Don't get left behind then, she said. Follow me. And she walked off into the reeds next to the creek. Billy sulked for a moment by herself, not wanting to follow the colonel. But she didn't want to be left alone either, so she stood up and followed her friend into the reeds. However, she accidentally went a different way from the colonel. Once she was in the thick of the reeds, she couldn't see where she was going. It seemed to go on forever. Finally, she emerged on the other side of the reeds and could see Nelson's retreat in front of her. But there was no sign of the colonel. An older girl trudged along from the beach overburdened with barbecue items and snacks. Billy approached her. Have you seen the colonel? she asked. The older girl looked at Billy, not in the mood for games. Who? she asked wearily. The colonel, Billy repeated, as if it was obvious. The older girl sighed. Playtime's over, she said, as she shoved Billy out of the way. Billy knew she had to move on, so she ran back to Nelson's retreat to see if she could catch up with the colonel, wherever she was. As Billy got closer to Nelson's retreat, the whole mood of the camp seemed to change. Dark clouds gathered overhead, and a storm rumbled in the distance. It was getting cold. 
Billy searched for any glimpse of her gang, but there was no one around. Indeed, the whole camp seemed to be deserted. Billy figured that everyone must be inside, getting out of the bad weather that was approaching. But Billy didn't want to go home yet. She wanted to find her friends. Billy entered the playground area. It was getting dark now. Rain started to splatter down. She pulled her hoodie over her head and continued her search for the gang. The rain got heavier, and within seconds, she was soaking wet. She headed towards Game Zone. Maybe someone was inside playing tacky arcade games. At the very least, Billy could get some shelter. But the door was secretly locked, and a sign across it read, All children must be collected before 8pm. Billy rattled the lock, but it was no use. She couldn't get in. She was really fed up now. She was losing control of the investigation to find out who'd killed Nelson Nutmeg. But now, even worse, she was starting to think she had lost all her friends. She slumped onto the ground. Next to her, the cutout of Nelson Nutmeg promoting his nutty hour wobbled in the wind and fell over with a loud splat. It landed right in front of Billy, narrowly missing her. Raindrops splashed onto Nelson Nutmeg's smiling face, but there was something about it that made Billy think it was the saddest thing she had ever seen. Her emotions started to break. She started to cry, getting wetter and wetter as the rain hammered down. You've been listening to Who Killed Nelson Nutmeg? It was read by Danny Stack from his own novelisation of the film. To find out more and watch some clips from the movie, visit nelsonnutmeg.com. <laughs>